Good morning, Mick, on this, uh, Dr. Mick, on this winter solstice day in 2017. We're just chatting about that. The shortest day of the year, the only way is up. So, in fact, it's, we've got to say um, it's been probably one of the most mildest winters we've ever had in Sydney. It's been absolutely glorious most of the time, hasn't it? You know. Yeah, and I've got no complaints about that. <laughs> yes, definitely not. Uh, today, we thought we'd talk about... Uh, I'll let Andrew do a bit of research on this one and I'll try to play more of the uh, interviewer and Andrew will be more of the interviewee because uh, we're going to be talking about kids and it's a controversial topic for some, certainly not for Andrew and I, uh, but uh, for some people taking their kids to a chiropractor in the public sphere is seen as something controversial at times. It's certainly seen um, even by the chiropractic's own registration board as uh, grey in its approach to whether chiropractors should be treating children. Uh, on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, Andrew and I would see children regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Probably 10% of my clients are kids. Yep. And usually they're kids. Um, the great majority of those are, are children of existing clients. Yeah, and also, if I haven't seen the parents before, they're parents who've brought their child to our clinic because they're exasperated and looking for help because they've tried other avenues of help and it hasn't really worked out for them. So, well, let's use a bit of segue there. I did have a... um, We're going to talk five or six points today, but let's go straight into then... Why do kids go to chiropractors? Why do parents take their kids to see a chiropractor? What have you found in practice? Certainly uh, with chiropractic, it's when children or babies present, they don't present like adults, do they? You know, so adults come in with the belief that, you know, that we're presenting with symptoms such as pain or headaches or mm. low back pain, or if they're more switched on, they just may want to improve their health and energy levels. Mm-hmm. But certainly most patients present to a chiropractor for the first time for pain. And uh, so children don't come in with those symptoms because generally... I wish, I'm wish i going to just jump in there and say the younger kids because they don't know how to express pain and discomfort. I'd say the school-age kids and teenagers, it usually is... Pain. That's one of the most common ones. Yeah. Not for bubs and toddlers, though. Yeah. And now <laughs> there's a, Andrew likes to move around a lot. And <laughs> last week we had the tapping on the desk, and now the, the chair's squeaking every time he moves around. So that's probably going to come out in the microphone because it's really squeaky. We just roll with the squeaking, bro. Roll with the squeaking. It's all good. I like I'm it. I'm an expressive talker. <laughs> you, you are. Okay. So, uh, look. So the symptoms of young kids that we might see from very young babies, it might be reflux, it might be an inability to settle well, it might be... Something described as colic. Colic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, in it, a, yeah, for the young ones. For the real like little for ones. For the bubs and, and young toddlers. Screaming incessantly. Incessant screaming. Yeah. yeah um, crying. Yeah, and certainly uh, when it came to my children... Uh, I checked them as soon as they were both born uh, uh, and they were born naturally with no um, no intervention and no no medication actually and uh, they actually when they came out both of those um, 
those those little guys were in reasonable shape. They didn't have any cranial trauma, so there was no forceps used and there was no vacuum used. Mm-hmm. So what I found is sometimes if those inter- if interventions are done, it can lead to some um, difficulties with their spine later on, in, like later on down the track, um, especially in the first uh, first year, uh, because as you know, one of my strong beliefs, Andrew, is for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. So by if the skull is actually uh, traumatised in some way as it's come out, and let's face it, some, the doctors have to do that at times. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that it's not necessary for that to happen. Um, but sometimes in the necessity to get the baby out, um, there is um, some structural damage done to the cranium and the upper neck. And by that... Uh, so those babies, for mine, have a higher incidence of developing some of these other symptoms that we've spoken about before. Uh, as we get to te- as we get to middle years, uh, from six to ten, would you agree it's more the um, you know ADHD, the inability to concentrate sometimes, uh, also growing pains. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What doctors headache. describe as growing pains, but. In my clinical experience, there's usually some type of neuromusculoskeletal imbalance and there's a tension spot in the body. But because your average GP doesn't do much palpation, uh, they're just not as skilled at identifying those things in those areas. Yeah, and also once we get through those years, we then go into the orthodontic and sporting years where you can get sports injuries that lead to other problems. And studying, hunching on a desk, going forward with a shoulder or arm. Yeah, uh, te- teenage years, i found big ones. Parents, um, because they go through rapid growth spurts, they'll start to get a few aches and pains in spots. As you mentioned, school year, so they're studying more. Big one these days, tech neck. Oh, dude, they're, that's it. They're on screen what time. About? And so I'll get parents yeah. bringing kids in going, look at his posture, it's terrible. Can we do something about this? The T2 subluxation syndrome of having your head down on an iPhone, like walking yep. around with your, your chin down on your chest yep. and just locking that upper thoracic because they've got their head down all the time. You just mentioned something there, mate. Uh, just in case anyone's tuning in for the first time, you said T2 subluxation. That's the upper mid-back, and a subluxation is defined as a part of your spine that's not moving properly, which causes nerve interference. That's what it is. Thank you for succinctly pointing that out. Uh, And the other thing that I find really, uh, just to tie it all up as far as symptoms goes, I find a lot of correlation between orthodontic work and braces and other problems, pain in the body starting three to six months after that intervention has started especially if there's been teeth removed. So, you know, teeth removal from age, you know, from any age under 21 will affect the growth rate of the jaw and the face, and that will then affect the airway and cause spinal issues associated with that. So, yeah, that, they're the common things that I see. Is there anything you want to add to the symptoms? Mick, um, just for uh, anyone else tuning in and perhaps someone who doesn't have as much of a chiropractic background, uh, I've got a list here. I'll just quickly read through this because this is from a couple of studies that were done. Miller in 2010 and Marchand in 2012 looking at thousands of chiropractors and over 20,000 um, patient visits. So 
Things like joint pain, walking, crawling, neck pain, back pain, headaches, autism, ADHD, movement disorders. Um, you mentioned the other ones like crying, irritability, sleep, growing, developmental issues. Um, and then you've got things like the colic, digestion, eating, reflux, hiatus, hernia, bowel problems. Um, Bedwetting. Oh, That's yeah. That's another yeah. common one. Common we talked one. about sacrum bedwetting, yeah. um, allergies, asthma, skin rashes, and another big one, ear infections. Yes, how could I forget that? Ear, nose, throat, common cold and flu. Thanks, mate. So I'm glad that, you did that. These yeah, yeah. Were, that's a list, a pretty comprehensive list of the most common reasons that parents take their kids to see a chiropractor, as reported in a couple of studies. Yeah, and certainly, yeah, thanks for that, because I did gloss over a couple of the big ones, bedwetting and ear infections too. So, yeah, cool. So we've got symptoms fairly covered. So if you've had some of those symptoms, uh, if, you, if you've got a child or you know a child who's had some of those symptoms... They're the common reasons why people bring them to a, a chiropractor. Um, and often I find the parents who aren't patients and bring their children to see me for those issues, they've tried everything else first. They've tried grommets, or they've had to get grommets in the ears for ear infections. The bedwetting, they've tried everything and it's still happening and they're doing their absolute best to try and find a reason why it keeps happening. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I think that covers... Uh, covers why what about let, let's launch into the the next point you raised and that is you know the safety of it uh I, we both feel passionate about this we've got to get we've got to be really careful to check ourselves and not uh become emotional about this because it's it's very challenging as a chiropractor uh to work on kids and to have media reports stating that we've injured children as a profession when we actually haven't. Uh, and that certainly happened recently, hasn't it? Yeah, there was... Um, and we were just having... We Googled just before the podcast um, chiropractic children injuries, chiropractic damage to kids. The first three sites that come up were reported in a Fairfax publication. So um, the, uh, can, I, can I just uh, jump yeah. in there, Broke? So... Um, it, the first three that came up of a call for age limit after chiropractic breaks baby's neck. That was September 29, 2013. Then Cairo's warned off treating children, September 29, 2013, a subheading but different story. And then April 28, 2016, doctors at war with chiropractors over treatment of babies and children. And so they're three years apart, three different, three different main stories. Um, and if you go down that list, uh, Melbourne chiropractor slammed after cracking babies' backs. That's another one. That was April 26, 2016. Um, and we go further down the list, and it's funny enough, this setting says, Doctor stands by claim on baby injury despite chiropractic body's denial. So that's that's about eight down the list, and that's October 17, So let's talk about that case, because we were having a good laugh about this. This is in, first of all, what we didn't answer was the question, and that is chiropractic for babies and kids relative to medical intervention is very safe. For every treatment, there is a risk 
but the risk for chiropractic in kids is minute statistically. How, got, how, how, now, minute? how yeah, minute? How minute? It's less than 1%. 0.00 something, okay? Now, I have to be careful what I say. I would emphasise that more, but um, according to wording, going against certain bodies' regulations, uh, I am obliged to say that there is a risk, even though medical procedures for child care like colic has a far greater risk factor. Or having an operation for grommets? Yeah, exactly right. It's a surgery. So so what I wanted to say is the, the safety record for chiropractic in kids is enviable. The medical profession wish they had the safety record that chiropractic does with kids. Now that particular case, a doctor reported to the board a chiropractor has fractured a baby's neck because they took an x-ray and what they found out was that that particular doctor incompetently misread the x-ray and what was not a fracture at all but we see all these media reports about it uh, was actually a congenital anomaly and it was just the natural way that baby was born. So we're and, talking and does, about the three the yeah. three biggest stories that they've they've spoken about here, right? So the three headlines, there's probably five stories on when we looked up chiropractic children injured, was based on a misdiagnosis from this guy. Yeah. And but yet the chiropractor was dragged before the board saying he'd broken a baby's neck. Yeah. And it what did the chiropractor say like when they dragged him before the board? Uh no, I actually didn't. Uh this guy's got the diagnosis wrong. Uh, well, you're asking... Look, I don't know what the details were, mate, but when they got other experts to look at the x-rays, it was their opinion was, no, this is a congenital anomaly. This is not a fracture. Neither did the baby present with symptoms of a fractured neck. <laughs> so what is a congenital anomaly? Uh, a congenital anomaly is a variation on what's normal that you're born with. So it's a genetic thing that you're born that way. Funny. Like, like having a small hole in one of the vertebrae when it shouldn't be there. It's a congenital anomaly. We see them all the time on x-rays because people come in with them. Um, uh, but it may not have any clinical significance. Most importantly for this doctor, though, who shall remain nameless... Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Blogs. Uh, Dr. Blogs, uh, was that he stood by his diagnosis in the face of all evidence. Contrary expert opinion. Yeah, yeah he stood by his di diagnosis, <laughs> God love him, and uh, good on him for that. But funny enough, that's the... St so whenever um, the media wants to criticise chiropractic and children, that's the story that they drag out. So there is this sensationalism... Mm. But it wasn't based on fact, this story. No. And we both feel a sense of uh, um, uh, laughter about it because it's so ridiculous that it's funny. It's like Wag the Dog. You know, if anyone hasn't seen that film, it's about spin doctoring to suit your own agenda, you know? And so certainly that's it. It, it no seems no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that this was that's what this was about. Yeah. So safety record is enviable. I've certainly never heard a child in my twenty three years of, of practice 
and I'm guessing you haven't as well, mate. So. No, no. I, look, there was one other one there as well, um, which was very polarising because it was a chiropractor who, from what I saw, I think was an awesome chiropractor and he had some YouTube stuff of him adjusting small bubs and you've got a small cavitation cracking sound there uh, and there was a big kerfuffle about that. Unfortunately, it was because he was putting it on YouTube in the public sphere. Uh, what they failed to report is that all of the parents that took their kids to the chiropractor and had that done reported that they got really positive results and, and the kids were healthier and happier post-sessions with the chiropractor. Was that chiropractor in trouble for doing that? I'm still yeah. confused as to why he got into trouble. Yeah. Because he put the treatment on YouTube. So you're not allowed to put treatment of kids on YouTube, but you can put treatments of adults on YouTube? I think it was both, Mick. You bring up a really good point. Perhaps this is another for a podcast and the politics of it all, but it was actually... I'm why, genuinely why, confused. Why oh, are you treating these children? Why are you adjusting these children like that, number one? Number two, why are you putting it on YouTube? Okay. So there were two issues there. So let's... I'll just to finish this bit off, um, there's once again, you know, I like to quote studies. Uh, there have been no serious adverse events, no deaths associated with chiropractic care since 1992. And that's from uh, a study by Doyle, D O Y L E. Even mild adverse events. What does that mean? It's defined as soreness lasting less than 24 hours uh, without need for additional care. Chiropractic has a rate of half a percent to one percent, and that's not uncommon. Sure. We see that kids are, um, people, that's adults with the adult, are a bit sore. Adult exactly population. right. Yeah. So. Medical events, six yes. percent. Okay. So it's a 600 percent more higher risk. Yeah. Um, so we compare very favourably. Uh, and just to quote something else, another study that was done by Alcantara in 2011, and this was something, chiropractic care of infants with colic, a systematic review of all of the literature. And he was quoted as saying, chiropractic is a viable alternative and congruent with evidence-based practice, particularly when one considers that medical care options are no better than placebo or have associated adverse events, okay. especially when we're talking things like medications. Well, especially yeah. if the baby has a virus, you yeah. know, and you're giving them medication that, you know, the body needs to take, takes time to get over a virus. So medications generally aren't going to fix that issue, are they? So um, I want to ask you a philosophical question about that, you know, and getting back in as to why, why do you think there is that issue amongst um, the media and, and maybe the medicine to really exaggerate the, you know, the damage that chiropractic can do to children? Uh, and I'm not asking for evidence based, I'm just saying your gut feeling on that. What are you, what's your take on it? Ignorance. Uh, I think it's, number one, I think chiropractic itself can be polarising for people. You'll get people saying, oh, yeah, I got a chiropractor, I loved it. you get people saying, 
oh no chiropractors they're quacks and they're usually the people who've never been to a chiropractor so number one it can be a polarizing topic number two when we're talking about children um, people are very passionate about their kids very emotive yeah it's a very emotive topic which is totally understandable so there's emotion coming into it and number three and this is something we talk about in other areas as well uh, medicine which has certainly been infiltrated by pharmaceutical companies trying to make squillions of dollars and profits gets very protective of their patch and they don't want anyone else butting in on them thinking they could give better care for this person than we can and they are my three reasons I think that's really well answered, to be honest. Uh, I, I've got, I've got, um, I've got nothing more to add than that. Than other than to say that, uh, can I share one little story that I had recently yeah, with with, do. A, with a child that I've treated? So, mum, who I've treated for ages, brought her child in to see me, who I checked as a baby, and mm-hmm. the baby was in pretty good shape. I didn't really do much on the baby. I didn't. Uh, if I did adjust him, I can't. It was nothing significant. I saw him as a three and a half year old and he came in with what was diagnosed as cerebral palsy. So he came in with a marked limp and a hand posturing that indicated uh, that he had cerebral palsy. And I was confused because he didn't present that way when he was a baby. Mm. So something had happened between age zero and three. But from what I knew about cerebral palsy, and I'm not an expert on it, it, uh, it, Basically, I, I thought you were born with it rather than developed yeah. it. It was a neurological issue. Yeah. So I was kind of confused how, how it could have developed. I still don't know the answer to that. Needless to say, I, I adjusted this fellow and he responded well. Okay, So he's, he's been doing a lot better. He can walk well. and this he's not a three and a half year old. Yeah, and yeah. now he's now five. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing much better. But what was interesting is I spoke to, there was a local paediatrician who mm. found out that I was treating the baby mm-hmm. and warned mum off um, bringing the baby to me because mm. chiropractic isn't evidence-based and it's, if you believe in quackery, that, um, well, great, take him to a quack. And I'm going to butt in there and say any GP that tells you not to get care with another health professional when they don't know the health professional and they have no idea of what techniques they use are contravening the law and the Health Professionals Regulation Authority. They're not allowed to say that. Does that happen, buddy? How often do you hear that? <laughs> How often does it happen? Yeah. And, um, but what was even more distressing for me, and I felt so much for, for the mum, was that she then saw another uh, wonderful paediatrician who was all up for just trying it to see how it went down. And, and the paediatrician saw the results. And so he was happy, he said, continue it. You know, he's a, and he's a very esteemed paediatrician, you know, so he's one of the more prominent ones in Sydney. Mm. And sometimes I found the higher up you go in the food chain in medicine, sometimes more open-minded people are, because mm. um, none of us have all the answers, you know. Mm. And, um, but he said, look, I just want you to take um, to a physiotherapy who specialises in these issues, a physiotherapist, and, and get an, um, uh, an opinion from her as well. And the physiotherapy, uh, physiotherapist assessed and came up with a, a different protocol of treatment from me, which I wasn't totally into because it involved um, 
putting the foot in the cast and doing a couple of other things that I thought would have um, changed the movement pattern. I was trying to encourage normal movement patterns and that would have changed it. So I just didn't totally agree with it, but I said, look, by all means, if you think it's going to help, it's your decision. You know, I'm not going to argue against that. It's ultimately, it's it's your baby, and it's you know, it's your life. So, what was that, Mick? You just said, I respect your decision. If you want to take them to another health professional, by all means, as it's your child. Yeah. Whereas we have other health professionals saying. Do not go to that person. They're quacks. They're not evidence-based. Yeah. How does that stand up? Well, obviously, it could lead to frustration if we weren't more worldly and, I think, trying to do what's best for our patients and trying to do what's best for ourselves and the world, Mm. making the world a better place. What that says to me is that someone has a very respectful and more holistic view and some, the other person has a very narrow-minded and ignorant view of the world, thinking it's their way or the highway. And you know what happened, don't you? So this is the part that I found the killer, mm. is that the physiotherapist then wrote letters to the specialist, warning the specialist that I was treating the baby mm-hmm. and, and the child, and saying that you must be aware that this is dangerous, it's going to cause harm, and... Uh, that once you know, again based on what evidence yeah yeah no evidence so what i'm saying the child's done really well yeah and god love him he's he's a lovely lovely you know he's doing really well lovely kid but even the specialist couldn't believe the uh level of in uh, the, the extent that the physiotherapist went to to make it well known that she was making the wrong decision you know uh so in contrary in in stark uh in stark you know, contrast. In co- contrast is the word I'm looking for. Thanks, mate. In stark contrast to the evidence that it was helping. So that, they're the sort of um, you know, anecdotal stories that you and I might experience on a, on a daily basis. But that's one of many, as you would have had as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I thought I'd share that story because that's, that's some of the battles we face. And we, what, we're, what, what we're describing, the landscape we're describing here is that we're trying to give the evidence of why we do what we do and how we do what we do, which leads on to our next point, which is the techniques used in chiropractic. But um, for children, and they are different to adults at times, aren't they? You know, the techniques in, in, in especially babies and uh, younger children, they are different to, to uh, chiropractic adjustments for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, would you want to, do you want to talk about that for a moment, the different techniques? Yeah, well, there's an... Like anything, there's a number of different techniques, aren't there? So if you're adjusting babies or little toddlers, often the force you use is just a gentle push of a thumb or a finger in a certain direction. And uh, talking to the paediatric chiropractors, they describe that force as the same as if you were to close your eyelid and press on your eyeball, which you can do quite easily without causing any damage to your eye. Yep, there you go. Nice one, Mick. I'm just going to be dizzy, though. <laughs> it's that, that same amount of pressure Yeah, is used on babies and, and little kids. We caught worse in footy, didn't we? Yeah. The yeah. Absolutely. I think that was with elbows, not thumbs. Yeah. Oh, no, I've popped um, an eye gouge or two. <laughs> That's great. We've managed yeah. to bring footy into the paediatric <laughs> care for chiropractic. It is state of origin tonight, by the way. New South um, Wales will win tonight, mate. I'm very confident. Go the Blues. Um, but it's very... When you're adjusting kids, 
the force is used a much more gentle and if the kids aren't happy with it they soon let you know yeah okay now other techniques also involve you can use the instrument adjusters like activators or the arthrostim which is what i use a lot of these days kids love it they absolutely love it they call it the tickle machine i call it my chiropractic jackhammer um, but i have kids fighting over who's going to get adjusted first so this is like when I've got, you know, a couple, the parents bringing in a couple of kids and they will fight over who's jumping on the table first. Now, don't you think as a parent, kids have this innate intuitive ability to know what's good for them and what's not? And I'm not talking about eating Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Well, I would argue that when it comes <laughs> when it comes to M and M's, but if the kids were doing something that wasn't good for them, they wouldn't be into it at all. But I, as I said, look, I'll have kids. I have another kid. I, I've I've got a few clients who bring two or three kids, and they all get adjusted, and and it's like, who's going first? I'm going first. Uh, and then I've got another one in particular who um, comes in with mum and dad and he gets adjusted less often because he doesn't need it as often. Um, and every time he comes in with mum and dad, which might be every few weeks, he's like, my turn, my turn, he wants to get adjusted. They intuitively know, don't they? They do. They know they're getting something that's good for them and that, and I'm going to come, we'll talk a bit more about this, why should your kid, we talk about why do parents take kids to chiropractors, but why is it healthy for kids to get adjusted? Well, let's talk about that, yeah. Yeah, so look, let's go into a bit about, firstly, the nervous system, when an embryo is developing, it's the first system to develop, before yeah. your heart, before your lungs, before the musculoskeletal, and every medical expert agrees that they're very sensitive to stressors during this time of development, those first three months of pregnancy. So a mum's health uh, during that time is obviously really influential. If they're stressed, accidents, falls, diet, for the developing fetus. Chemicals, yeah. Absolutely, chemical toxins. Alcohol, they're even saying small amounts of alcohol now is not, not ideal during pregnancy as well. At yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Second, uh, we talked. you talked about birthing scenarios even a normal healthy vaginal birth you're getting a big head come out a narrow space so that causes a lot of pressure on skull and especially the upper neck of a sensitive uh, baby's newborn spine and i would argue just to step in there mate mm. i'm sorry but I, I would also argue that sometimes it's not just about the the narrow head and sorry the big head narrow space it's because maybe the, the mum hasn't had regular chiropractic care prior to giving birth and her pelvis might be rotated or torn. So there's a torsion yeah. there. So yeah. the head can't get through like it should because the pelvis is actually misaligned in some way. So on that note, and then what do we tend to see happen? You see prolonged uh, labours. You'll see inducement where... Um, mum's given something which causes really forceful contractions and puts a lot more pressure on the bub coming out 
Um, and that's where you might see things like forceps or a, an emergency caesarean perform because there's some difficulty. So all of these things put more force and more stress on a baby's spine and nervous system. So this is just during the, the birthing procedure. It's nothing against mum. It's just mother nature. That's what can happen. Okay. It's so, ideal. Yeah. We're talking ideal situations. Yeah. yeah. Now, during childhood... Is there any child that does not have falls and accidents? No. No. I can say that. They have hundreds. Normal part of development. So we're talking I, about I will say something funny about yeah. that, right? Go it on. seems children tend to attack one part of their body. I'll tell you one thing. Like That's a clinical anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I see it with other kids as well. Like one child will just have chronically get ankle injuries or shoulder something, mm. and other children will chronically get injured in their head. Alistair has had like three mouth injuries, you know, and four head injuries. Nothing else, right? Freddie was constantly his legs. Like it's so These bizarre. Are your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just bizarre that they keep injuring this one part of their body <laughs> through freak things. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, so accidents, falls, they sleep in all awkward positions, and as we were talking about before, an ever increasing screen time. Uh, and I was with my sister in Melbourne on the weekend and their not even three-year-old daughter, she's three in a few weeks, they were describing how she, they, she picked up mum's iPhone and opened an app and started watching whatever little movie thing it was. We're talking about a kid who's not even three years old. Just wait till she gets to four, she'll have her own <laughs> YouTube channel. <That's> <laughs> So, look, kids of all ages need a healthy functioning nervous system. We can agree on that, can't we? Yeah. So it's a scientific and physiological fact, just like adults do. Only kids are much more sensitive to these stressors. They don't have the development, the maturity, the robustness uh, that mature adults do. Well, they're, they're spending so much of their time growing rather than, you know, than functioning aren't they they're trying to reach their peak whereas adults uh, have sort of after 21 that all the growing's done and they function at a higher level so they're still trying to find their way physically mentally you know emotionally you know and so wouldn't you say as a parent then during that growth and development you want your kid to have the best possible chance you want the best possible development you want yeah you want you want the yeah, I like the way you said that. You, you want them at their optimum so they can grow without distress. Yeah, and so they can have the best possible opportunities. So I've yet to meet a parent who doesn't want that. Their brains need to be able to create an accurate picture of the world around them. Now, we've mentioned this word before, subluxations. Some part of their spine and nervous system isn't working as well. Those nerve signals get distorted. I think a lot of people know who Dr. Carl Kruzelnitsky is. Dr. Carl? Dr. Carl, yep. He of the famous bright shirts. Uh, and I was listening to him on the radio the other day as I do. He does a weekly program on one of the he radio He can be a really stations. good Dr. Carl. He yeah. can. He can yeah. also be... He can also come across as an expert on things that he doesn't really, really know. know about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when I hear people ring up about headaches and he's got no idea. Anyway, what he said... And we know this as chiropractors, our perception of the world comes from our senses. What are our senses? Sight, hearing, taste, touch. Uh, I've said four. 
Yeah. Nice oh, we did this on a, we did this on another podcast, remember? And I couldn't remember one. So smell. Smell. And we talked about proprioception, which is yeah. the brain's ability to sense where we are in space, because ninety yeah. percent of the energy is used for that. Um, if your nerve signals have a distorted picture, which is what happens when some part of your spine and nervous system isn't working as well as it should, that person, that baby, that child is not getting an accurate view of the world around them. That's what chiropractors help correct. By removing that nerve interference, it improves and strengthens those nerve signals so the child has a better perception of the world around them. Just like dentistry, children benefit from preventative care as opposed to waiting till they've got big holes in their teeth. Kids also benefit from chiropractic care, helping their bodies and brains to work better at a more optimal level instead of waiting for something more disastrous to go wrong and then seeking care. So what you're saying there, Andrew, is that, you know, what we seek is to treat children so they can be have their nervous system at functioning at their best. And once again, I, I think if we strip... like the, the, prob, the problem sometimes we see is, is sometimes parents don't understand what, how the nervous system works and, un, getting, and, the, and the impact chiropractic can have on the nervous system. Um, they, they, they really see that sometimes they just don't have the knowledge to make that leap forward to understand that bringing a child and getting their spine adjusted takes pressure off nerves. But as you know, as we've, as we've spoken about in depth in other podcasts, when you adjust the spine, it also changes the way the brain works as well. Which with kids, let's reiterate, is done very gently, more gentle than with adults. So what we're doing is, if chiropractic's done well, it's just like having a three or four lane highway and some of those cars are stuck on that highway and if you adjust the spine, um, obviously there's a backflow of traffic where the cars are stuck and by removing the interference in the spine, you take those cars that are stalled or broken down away and the traffic starts to flow smoothly again. So you know you can get from point A to point B you know, much more smoothly and, and efficiently. And it also means the people inside the cars are happier. Yeah, I agree. No stress. <laughs> and that's the word, stress. Yeah. Um, so is anything else you want to cover today, mate, before we finish up? No, you mentioned one more thing, and, and this is a friend of, a colleague of mine brought this up that she gets asked as well. Can it hurt if... A mother-to-be is pregnant. Can it hurt the baby doing the adjusting the mum? What I've been told in my personal experience, there's been no evidence of that whatsoever scientifically. So that's never been proven. Uh, and my experience clinically in 23 years is no. No. And the reasons for that are, one, adjusting mothers-to-be is usually more gentle. Two we're improving the physiology of the body not making it worse three if you're in later term in the last trimester 
there's different techniques like Webster technique and you can use a special cushion so you can lay down and everything's nice and comfortable and gentle. And four, a baby inside the womb has this amazing um, flotation in space uh, and the forces used by a chiropractor to do the adjustments um, just don't have an impact that far into the butt. So when you actually adjust the spine, you're only moving the spine a few millimetres, aren't you? Yeah. You know, so how could possibly adjusting the spine a few, um, uh, uh, a few millimetres have an impact on this baby that its own little warm floating, you know, uh, float flotation tank, tank. as you yeah, describe exactly it, right. uh, filled with water and it's bouncing around. So no, it's it's not really relevant. It's more of a, a construct in the mind that is. Uh, not based on any reality. Yeah, and, and I can understand how um, mums who've never been to a chiropractor might think, oh gosh, that surely that looking at someone getting adjusted might not seem like it's a comfortable thing. So it's probably more this thought that it's not comfortable, maybe it won't be comfortable for the bum. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, that's, I think that ties it up really well. I think we covered all the topics that we want to do. We did it in 40 minutes. Um, I think, you know, I think uh, we've covered most of what we've wanted to say. By all means, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me at backtolife7 at bigpond.com. Or backdrleichhart. That's backdrleichhart at gmail.com. Signing off. Go the Blues tonight. Wrapping the series up. 2-0. Thanks for coming, Queensland. Thank you. Bye.